0: Welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast. I mean, the Locked On Blues Podcast. Part of the Locked On Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Thomas Welch, and today we will be breaking down the Blues' continued skid and losing streak as they got absolutely dismantled by the Vegas Golden Knights last night. If there was ever the smallest of silver linings, it would be that Colton Perico surprised us all and returned to the lineup, so we're going to talk about his play as well as the play of the entire team. We're going to start off with that and then probably end the episode with more talks about Taylor Hall, uh, what the Blues will be doing at the trade deadline, because a little more rumors have been spread here and there. I just want to preface this episode by saying I am probably the last person you would expect to hit the panic button prematurely uh, if you followed this podcast as long as we've been doing it. I I've, I've kind of always try to be the one, that voice of reason, that's like, guys, like they can turn it around. This roster, I think, has, like I have said before, all the names needed for a deep playoff run at the beginning of the season. We called them a Stanley Cup contender. I definitely called them a Stanley Cup contender. Contender, But they've been far from it all season long. Uh, whether it was the defense, the offense, the goaltending, or all three, uh, this team just hasn't felt like it's been anywhere close. Tried to hold it out as long as possible, but with, I think, 18 games left on the schedule or something around there, uh, and a game as brutally debilitating as the one was last night. With Vegas coming off of three consecutive losses, I believe, and the Blues coming off a heartbreaker against the Colorado Avalanche where they played, I thought, uh, one of their best performances of the year. Full 60 minutes, made one mistake at the end, uh, bit them in the ass, they didn't get any points. They come back and put out this absolute, I'll just call it what it is, an embarrassment of a product. Craig Berube was left speechless in the press conference saying the team's not mentally strong. David Perron uh, said that the coaching is not the problem, it's the players and they have to stick together, all of that stuff. I'm tired of hearing excuses. I'm tired of hearing the same thing over and over in the press conference. I'm tired of Ryan O'Reilly being the only one to do press conferences consistently after games just because he's the captain. But most of all, I'm tired of this Blues team that goes out every single night and looks like they don't want to compete, looks like they don't want to do the work, looks like they don't want to give the effort. One thing goes bad, two things go bad, it's it's like the entire world ends and their game just completely collapses. I mean, it started in the bubble, we thought it was a COVID thing, now that we're on the home stretch of COVID and vaccines are being distributed, fans are back in the stands and this team has not changed at all from what we saw in the bubble. Have the people changed? Absolutely. Alex Petrangelo is gone. Your captain that was on your team for 10-plus years led the team to a Stanley Cup. Doug Armstrong said, I don't want you anymore, no movement clause, no you. Does that resonate well with the rest of the team? Probably not. Does that make the rest of the team want to play for a guy like Doug Armstrong? Probably not because he's just going to ship you out the second you're expendable and not have to pay you a large amount of money that you've earned throughout your career there. Is that the problem? Is the problem Craig Berube's coaching style doesn't fit the personnel that he has in this team because they're more of a skill-based team than they've ever been before, and Craig Berube preaches physicality, work ethic, cycle pucks, get it down low, get in the gritty areas, and this team just flat-out refuses to do that game in and game out. Is it the lack of size in front of the net? I know Pareko's back, but it just seems like we never clear the crease because we've got Justin Falk playing out-of-his-mind hockey. I think it was a plus one in the six-run deficit game. Still doesn't clear the crease very well, and he's paired up with Tory Krug, who is immensely undersized. Vince has had his struggles this season. He's also undersized, doesn't clear the crease efficiently. Robert Bertuzzo seems like he should be an AHL defenseman the way he's been playing this entire season long. And you're pairing him with a guy in Jake Wallman, who is a rookie, doesn't know his way around the league, is still struggling to find his way in the league. And then your lord and savior, Colton Pareko, comes back, and he's a minus three on the night. Still doesn't look like he's playing 100%. Luke Korak said before the game that he was just not taking slap shots in practice. And then next thing you know, uh, they're throwing him back on the ice and he's saying he's ready to play. So I genuinely don't know what's going on with this team at this point. But I can tell you one thing that's going on in Doug Armstrong's head is that he is not having any of it. These games that we've been playing right now and this entire losing streak a couple of times, especially the game against Vegas, It really felt like the game where Mike Yo got fired and it was like the cherry on top, like, okay, this is it. I'm not taking this anymore. Something's got to give. And I think that something's got to give is going to happen at the trade deadline, whether that is moving personnel out and selling at the deadline or whether it's bringing new people in and buying at the deadline. I genuinely don't know. I think these next couple of games will probably decide for Doug which way this team leans. Statistically speaking, they're not out of the playoffs yet. They're five points behind Arizona. You're tied with the Sharks, and you've got seven games left, I believe, against the Minnesota Wild. Now, obviously, the Minnesota Wild are playing lights-out hockey right now. Dollar Bill Carrill is probably the Calder Trophy favorite. But I think as fans, we are doing everything we possibly can to maintain faith in this team, right? We keep bringing up 2019 and being like, everyone counted them out when they were last in the league. And everyone's counting us out now because we're not in a playoff spot and we're not playing up to our potential. And we keep drawing that comparison as a reason to have faith and hope that this team is going to turn it around, make a historic run into the playoffs. Because once you get in and get that foot in the door, we saw it when we, when we barely lost. 40 seconds left, we lost at the Colorado Avalanche. And the rest of that game, we hung with them the entire time. In the seven-game series, there's no reason that the Blues as they're structured right now, with the people on their roster, can't hang with a team like Colorado. They just have to go out and do it, and they're not doing it at all with any of these teams right now, and it's a gauntlet of a schedule. I don't even think there's a single person on the roster that I could pick out of the entire lineup and say, you know what, obviously 6-1 to one is not the result that we wanted, but I thought blank had a good game. Maybe, honestly, if I had to pick one dude, it would be Tyler Bozak because, one, he scored a goal, Two, he put up five shots on goal, which I'm pretty sure was tied for the team lead with David Perron, who is your sniper and should be shooting that much. Meanwhile, Mike Hoffman threw one shot on goal. And Vladimir Tarasenko, your all-star sniper, who's been a cornerstone of this franchise forever and his shot is one of the best in the league, had three shots on goal against third liners. Ryan O'Reilly with a Conn Smythe trophy and a Selkie trophy in 2019 had a minus three on the night and just looks like a shell of himself, this season, and you're paying him $7.5 million. You're paying Vladimir Tarasenko $7.5 million. You're paying Jaden Schwartz $5 million. You're paying Braden Shen $6.5 million. And you're paying Tory Krug $6.5 million, and he's probably having the worst season of his career. And none of these guys are getting you points, getting you assists, getting you goals. The only one who steps up to score... To combine to score against a Vegas Golden Knights team is Zach Sanford, who everybody wants to get shipped out of here, and Tyler Bozak, who I just found out today has been rumored, is getting shipped out of here. So I genuinely don't know what is going on with this team, but the people who are making millions and millions of dollars to play good hockey and be the best players on this team have to step up. And I don't even care. I'm not even talking about just this season because it seemed like it steamrolled over from the bubble into this season. Now it could potentially go into next season as well. So figure it out. The transmission on this team is absolutely broken right now. And if you have a transmission that's broken or you have got a car sitting in your driveway, you don't know what to do with it. You know it's capable of giving more life than what it's giving you right now, much like this Blues team. But you don't want to shell out high prospects or high draft picks or a lot of money to get the parts necessary, you got to go to rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. And unlike chain stores who have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest Price is possible. Rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, like airlines do, RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or an account login. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specification, and prices you prefer. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, like I said. And the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why spend up to twice as much for the same parts when you could get them delivered directly to your door? So don't waste any more time. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you guys. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We're going to talk about some more blues hockey and the trade deadline coming up on April 12th, about a week from today, right after a word from our sponsors. All right, so trade deadlines coming around. Obviously, the hot commodity on Blues fans tongues is the name Taylor Hall. He's kind of one of the bigger fish in the market in terms of acquiring them as a rental. And to be honest with you, I would really love to have Taylor Hall on this team, but it's not as a rental per se. I don't think getting Taylor Hall would slingshot this team into a playoff position. I don't I don't even think it would I don't think they make the playoffs even if they acquire Taylor Hall. But the deal you could get on this guy, especially if Buffalo, for some reason, decides to retain his salary, which I'm assuming Doug would, that would be step one of even having a conversation about this, would be Buffalo retaining 50% of his salary. Because, I mean, if you look at his stats, obviously he had the Hart Trophy season, had 93 points in 76 games. Nutty. Every year since then, he's averaged around a point per game. Uh, Now, I know he's had some injuries thrown in there. I get it. A a lot of hockey players have. A lot of good hockey players have. But I think this guy is still, on average, a point-per-game player. And his stats in Buffalo obviously aren't indicative of that. But he fits your playing style a lot better than a guy like Mike Hoffman. I'll tell you that right now. And I think if you get him in St. Louis, kind of see, like, Show him the culture here, show him the team here, uh, show him the winning attitude here, hopefully, fingers crossed. I think he would be a viable asset for this team in years to come, not so much just for this year, if that makes sense. Now, a couple days ago, I tweeted about 31 Thoughts from Elliot Friedman, his podcast, where he elaborated on uh, his comments that St. Louis Blues were in talks with the Buffalo Sabres about Taylor Hall, he said he thought that it was Taylor Hall, but he had other people around the league telling him that it was somebody else, that it wasn't Taylor Hall, so he's not entirely sure. But if they are talking to the Buffalo Sabres about someone that isn't Taylor Hall, then I think Rasmus Ristolainen would be a fantastic pickup for the Blues. If they are still trying to win, if they are still trying to buy at the deadline, uh, I think he would be an absolutely perfect fit for this team, especially in the area that they're struggling right now. It's clearing the crease. Rasmus Ristelainen is six four two twenty, and he doesn't have a back injury right now. Sorry, Colton Pareko. I love you. But if you can't play physical and clear that crease, there's really not even, I mean, I'm not saying there's not a reason to put him in because he is a lot better than say, throwing Robert Bertuzzo out there. But somebody's got to clear the crease because every single goal that is scored against us is right on the doorstep, and it is infuriating to me how this team just continues to let it happen. Rasmus Ristolainen can be that guy, and he can also move the puck in the offensive zone. He's got two goals, 17 assists on an absolutely dogwater Buffalo Sabres team that's had a historically bad season. I don't know if adding him takes this team to the playoffs, but it makes them considerably better and it gets them increasingly close to that goal. Much closer than a guy like Taylor Hall, in my opinion. Now, if you want to talk about the asking price for a guy like Rasmus Ristelainen, if the Buffalo Sabres are willing to get rid of Rasmus Ristalainen, it probably means they're selling, trying to rebuild again, recoup, restructure, whatever you want to call it. So they're most likely going to be looking for young NHL players, players that are young that have played in the NHL, Uh, or young prospects or draft pick. So you're looking at guys like potentially Ivan Barbashev, and I'll tell you right now, Doug Armstrong shoots that down immediately. Uh, Sammy Blay would probably be in that conversation. Zach Sanford could potentially be in that conversation, depending on their opinion of his play. Dakota Joshua could potentially be a name that's thrown around as well. I think Vince Dunn would probably fit that scheme, possibly, depending on if they're trying to go with more skilled defensemen. Any of those guys similar to that kind of mold, and I think that's why a deal like this makes so much sense for the St. Louis Blues and the Buffalo Sabres is because they kind of both have what the other team needs, right? The Blues need a defensive defenseman that can lock it down and clear the crease and also provide a little bit of offensive spark that they've been missing out on. That is Rasmus it. Buffalo Sabres need everything, but most of all, if they're rebuilding or restructuring, they need cost-controlled players that have a high upside, and I feel like the Blues have a couple of guys, especially Sammy Blay. I feel like, has not uh, lived up to his expectations, especially after signing that $3 million deal. If you give him some ample minutes, I could easily see him being a top six guy, with his hands and his shot and everything, the whole package. I know a lot of people were replying to my tweet saying Jack Eichel to the Blues, I don't think that's a probability, much less a possibility uh, with the amount of cap space that he would take up. And I really just don't think uh, in terms of a schematic that he really fits the Blues' mold or their play style. Like They like to cycle their pucks and kind of play a slow style of hockey. Obviously, the board play, the forecheck, uh, and the defense is a staple of that schematic. I feel like if Jack Eichel was to come to St. Louis to actually be productive and excel In this kind of schematic, Craig Berube would really have to let go of the reins a little bit uh, and let creativity and player individuality take center stage. And I don't think, for one, I don't think that's a good way to structure your team, and I don't foresee Craig Berube doing that at all. But like I've been saying this whole time, I know this team is capable of turning it around. It would take a 2019-like miracle for them to turn it around this late in the game. But if you think they're capable of pulling off that magic again, the Blues currently sit, according to MoneyPuck.com, the Blues currently have a 0.1% chance to win the Stanley Cup and a 6.5% chance to make the playoffs. Now, I've done my time in the betting game. I am now retired, I can thankfully say, because it was most of the stressful times of my life, especially watching that Super Bowl, my heart still breaks. But if you are a betting man, and you like those odds, and you like the St. Louis Blues team, you gotta go put some money down, because you could win big on betonline.ag, because BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. March Madness might be over, but the NBA and the NHL are still in full swing, and Bet Online even covers awards TV shows and reality TV. With real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on, that's 50% of your welcome bonus with your first deposit when you go on Bet Online with our promo code locked on. That's BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. When we come back, we're gonna finish out today's episode with what a more of a selling outlook would look like at the deadline for the st louis blues see what kind of pieces could be moving out and what kind of pieces could be moving in in return don't go anywhere all right so it was reported today by pierre lebrun on insider trading that the blues are open to selling pending ufas two of the names he mentioned Uh, In this report were Tyler Bozak and Mike Hoffman. But as many Blues fans know, Jaden Schwartz is also a pending UFA at the end of the season. Does Doug Armstrong pull the trigger, blow it all up, and trade Jaden Schwartz at the trade deadline? That I don't have the answer for. Do I think it's possible? Yes. Do I think it's plausible? Probably not. But Doug Armstrong has shocked the hockey world before when he didn't bring back Alex Petrangelo. He shocked the hockey world before when he traded for Ryan O'Reilly. I would not be surprised to see him make the same kind of waves with a move like this. But I think moving a guy like Tyler Bozak a guy like Mike Hoffman is a lot more plausible I personally love Mike Hoffman's game. I know a lot of people are one way or the other about it. I just don't think he's been utilized the way that's been intended here in St. Louis. And obviously now the team, playing with the morale and the confidence that they have right now, nobody's going to be producing. But I think the top six role uh, and that staple spot on the power play for him is where he should have been all season. Uh, obviously that didn't happen, and obviously his points have taken a dive because of it Tyler Bozak I think plays a fantastic style of hockey very blues-esque style of hockey he's been very good uh, with helping the development of the young guys I know Robert Thomas talked about playing on his line uh, whenever the playoffs and the Stanley Cup and all that was going on and I know he was on the same line as Jordan Cairo throughout the season as well his veteran presence would be sorely missed uh his contract would not be making $5 million at 35 years old for a third-line contribution. He's a great player. Love having him on the team. But a little wiggle room in the cap space, I think, would benefit this team greatly, especially going into the offseason for next year. If it does turn out that this team is in shambles and it does turn out that they need to make some more moves in this offseason because I don't think that Doug Armstrong is ready to blow it up yet. I've said this time and time again that I think the Blues Cup window is ends in 2023 when you have to pay Vladimir Tarasenko or at least make a decision there when you have to pay Ryan O'Reilly and when you have to pay Oscar Sundquist again. And I think that will be a good time when they can say, okay, we need to uh, restructure, rebuild, build through prospects, get these guys back in, get some cost-controlled contracts so we're not shelling out millions of dollars to aging players. Now, if you're looking for returns on potentially selling guys like Bozak, like Jaden Schwartz, like Mike Hoffman. I don't think it's gonna be prospects unless for some reason their highest prospects, which I don't think any of those guys will merit. If it's draft picks, I don't think it's gonna be this year's draft. I think Doug Armstrong would probably I think between losing your director of scouting and Bill Armstrong to the general manager of the Arizona Coyotes, that is a big loss for this team, especially in the scouting department, along with everything COVID related that already complicates the process of scouting these players within this draft, along with the consensus that there's not really a number one guy that's head and shoulders above everyone else in this draft. And like I said before, I still think this team is in a cup window. I still think that is Doug Armstrong's mentality and acquiring prospects or guys that aren't going to help you win now or within that cup window uh, directly contradicts that style of thinking. So uh, that's my last thought on today's podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Locked On Blues podcast. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're currently listening on. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Locked On Blues. You can follow me on Twitter at 12 15 I think Josh and I are going to do a locker room tomorrow, which. Like I've said before, it's like a little Zoom meeting room where it's all just our voices. You can hop in, talk to us, we can talk to you. Say your thoughts about the game, uh, about how bad we're going to get beaten by the Vegas Golden Knights, or if we're going to impress, uh, prove everybody wrong, and turn the season around. You can give all your thoughts there, and that's Locked on Blues as well. So check us out on Lockroom at Locked on Blues tomorrow. I'm not sure what time it'll be, but I'll fire out a tweet. To give you guys a heads up, like I said, thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.